He let down his mother's dreams and never became a farmer like she wanted him to. His relations with other people were so complicated that he was alone his entire life. He was interested in alchemy and became one of the most famous scientists of all time. Yes, I'm talking about Isaac Newton, the English physicist and mathematician who shaped modern physics as we know it. Newton was born in a small settlement of Woolsthorpe in 1643. He never got to meet his father, also named Isaac Newton, who passed away before his son was born. Around the same time, over in Florence, Galileo Galilei, another brilliant scientist, took his last breath. Little did Newton know, he would later take up Galileo's ideas and make them legendary. Back in his very first days, little Isaac had to struggle to survive as he came into this world prematurely. He was so small that he could fit inside a big mug. His mom remarried soon after he was born, and his stepdad took her to another village to raise his own family. Newton ended up at his grandma's, separated from his mom for a good nine years. The boy would mostly spend time alone. This left an impact on his entire life. Years later, when he was making a journal of his wrongs, he even confessed to some fiery thoughts about his stepdad, like wanting to burn down the house. <laughs> on the bright side, he became interested in books on mechanics and technology. He created a detailed system of sundials that were super accurate at telling time. His uncle and his school headmaster saw his intellectual potential. Years later, when his mother became a widow again and wanted Isaac to run the family property, the headmaster and the uncle managed to convince her it wasn't the best idea. Instead of tending to cows and crops, the future science star would curl up under a tree with a good book. His mother finally gave up, and the young man went back to grammar school. At 18, he was ready to enroll at Trinity College, Cambridge. To pay for his education, Newton was doing a sort of a work-and-study program, waiting on tables and taking care of other students' rooms. At the time he arrived there, the world was witnessing groundbreaking discoveries, the new concepts of nature and the universe. But like at most universities, Newton was taught the old Aristotelian philosophy. He felt like the standard curriculum wasn't enough for him, and he spent his spare time reading modern philosophers and studying new mathematics. He put down his findings in a notebook entitled Certain Philosophical Questions. And although he graduated without honors, it was the starting point for his brilliant scientific career. In 1665, the plague hit, shutting down the whole university. Newton was stuck at home for the next couple of years, and his brain went into overdrive. He was cooking up groundbreaking ideas from the comfort of his own home and laid the groundwork for what we now call calculus. And he didn't stop there. The genius took a previous insight he had and expanded it into an essay called Of Colors. It contained loads of mind-bending ideas that later found their way into his famous work called Optics, uncovering the secrets of light and colors. He denied that light was simple and homogeneous. He found it to be a really complex phenomenon he also stated that light is separated into different colors by a prism. And it was during this shutdown that the famous Newton versus an apple episode happened. There's no proof that the fruit actually dropped on the scientist's head. But he did spend time in the orchard and watching an apple drop made him wonder 
why apples always fall straight to the ground, not sideways or upwards. Now that might not sound like much, but that little tidbit became the cornerstone of the law of universal gravitation. The world had no clue about these mind-blowing discoveries happening in Newton's brain though. Once the shutdown was over, the bright mind got a minor fellowship at Trinity College. He started teaching there when he was 26. Newton was still not exactly the communicative type, had few close friends, and often forgot to eat because all his thoughts were focused on work. He wasn't the student's favorite lecturer and is said to have taught an empty class when no one showed up. It didn't bother the scientist though. He always preferred doing his own research to teaching others. At that stage of his career, Newton wrote a treatise which he shared with friend and mentor Isaac Barrow. This was the first time when the mathematics community noticed and recognized Newton's work. Soon after, Barrow resigned from Cambridge and left Newton in charge of the chair. His findings and works became famous in the world thanks to the Royal Society of London. They recognized him and got interested in Newton when they found out about his invention, the first known successful reflecting telescope. Previous telescopes used lenses to focus light and the image got distorted. Newton's invention used a mirror, which made the images much clearer. The scientists couldn't stand any criticism and never forgave people who dared to speak badly about his work. At some point, the criticism of others made him spend six years of his life in complete solitude. His probably biggest intellectual rival was scientist and philosopher Gottfried Leibniz. The two couldn't decide which of them had invented calculus. Newton had developed his version back in the 1660s, but he was so secretive that he decided not to share it with the world. A decade later, Leibniz formulated his own version of calculus and went on to publish it another year later. Newton accused Leibniz of straight-up plagiarizing his unpublished writings. Leibniz claimed that he had independently reached his results and suggested that Newton was actually the one stealing from his published work. Leibniz, in an attempt to defend himself, appealed to the Royal Society, the prestigious scientific organization. And guess who was the president of the society? You guessed it, Newton himself. He stacked the committee that was to make the decision with his own supporters and even wrote the committee's report himself. In the end, Newton's version of events was the one publicly credited, but Leibniz's system of calculus is the one commonly used today. When Isaac Newton passed away, he left behind no will and a massive pile of work, around 10 million words, which is enough to fill a whopping 150 novel-length books. These correspondences, notes, and manuscripts contained page after page of mind-blowing scientific and mathematical brilliance. And they also revealed another side of Newton that his family desperately tried to keep under wraps. Alongside his groundbreaking scientific work, Newton was knee-deep into alchemy and theology. The man was determined to decode divine prophecies. Newton didn't have any offspring, so the husband of his half-niece became his heir. He didn't want the world to discover that side of the scientific star. For centuries, they kept Newton's work hidden from prying eyes. Only in the late 1800s, the papers finally made their way to Cambridge. They were chaotic and unsorted, a total nightmare. The university assigned John Couch Adams, the co-discoverer of Neptune, 
and George Stokes, another brilliant physicist, to sort Newton's works. The scientists decided to procrastinate for 16 years. But when they finally faced the daunting task of going through the papers, they were in for a shock. Imagine being confronted with the works of this scientific hero, only to discover that he was writing about alchemy and secular matters. Hmm? Another thing scientists didn't expect to see was six or seven copies of the same thing. Newton had a habit of writing tons of unfinished treatises, and he would go over the same ideas again and again. Adams and Stokes must have been disappointed, and they even joked that the scientist must have loved his own handwriting more than he loved the things he wrote about. We still don't know why there wasn't a complete, edited collection of Newton's papers. All the other big-shot scientists from that era had their works published ages ago. But Newton's work is like a bizarre gap in the history books. That's it for today. So hey, if you pacified your curiosity, then give the video a like and share it with your friends. Or if you want more, just click on these videos and stay on the bright side.